Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of GC Live Talking Tuesday Nights, a Monday night edition. Changing up here a little bit as we get ready for another week of football for the Gamecocks as they get ready to take on Texas A&M in a big, 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 big game, to say the least, this Saturday at williams Bryce. Alongside me, as always, is intern Joe. We'll also have Pup Howard, Gamecock four-star linebacker commit, joining the program a little bit later on. Uh, we will get to that shortly. Pup Howard will be joining us in a little bit. And, uh, Joe, I'm going to have you start because we're having some technical difficulties, it seems like, with our Facebook right now. So I'm going to go see if we can tweak that real quick. But um, the big the big story, Joe, is just being able to get things rolling and headed in the right direction based on what you were able to do before the bye week, right? You want to be able to start fast. We're going to get into these things a little bit later on. But what do you want to see the most from South Carolina as they get ready to take on the Aggies this Saturday? I mean, Mike, absolutely. I think they need to start fast. They need to play hard, play the whistle. Um, after a bye week, this team is 5-0 and um, after like a week of rest or extended rest. Um, ben, shout out Ben Portnoy, knock on wood. Beamer said when he asked that in a teleconference. But, um, yeah, I think it, it really comes down to the defense just trying to generate turnovers and really trying to get things rolling. They looked great against Kentucky. Um, Darius Rush with the big play on the fumble. So, I mean, it, it really comes down to just being able to, I mean, number one, generate turnovers. Number two, stop the run. Um, that's always been a big focal point for this defense. And if they can stop the run early, um, you know, it really limits the A&M passing game. Um, I also think, too, like again, stop, on stopping the run, I think uh, mostly – it, it kind of opens up this defense. It lets this defense play freely on the outsides when they do force the other team to pass. So it's, it's big. Um, I think offensively, I think we need to get the run game going back, um, get those backs involved and just kind of like go downhill when you're running the ball. I think the offensive line needs a good game. They've been playing great, um, played great against Kentucky from Spencer's standpoint, you got to remain calm when outside the pocket smarter with the football, but, um, I mean, my Texas A&M is a real football team. They've beaten um, a lot of good teams, and they've also gotten beat by a couple teams that they shouldn't have. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Um, brings the same energy as Kentucky, essentially, in terms of significance. Um, so you got to go out in front of your home fans. Night game, so, I mean, prime time, you know, got to play well. And, look, Joe, we've talked about it last week on, on, on GC Live, talking Tuesday nights, that – Everything that you could say about South Carolina, I say everything for the most part, things that you could say for South Carolina after that Kentucky game, you could say for A&M, right? You have an extra week to get ready for this game. You're extra week to get healthy, extra week of preparation, extra week to be able to put the 
mental side of it too, right? You're coming off a win. You can put that to the side. Well, for A&M, yes, they're coming off a loss against Alabama, but at the same time too, they were able to get ready for being able from a physical standpoint, being able to rest up, being able to go back to the playbook and be able to tweak some things a little bit, maybe throw some extra uh, wrenches out there, which I'm sure South Carolina will do a couple of things, whether it be offensively, whether it be defensively. Shoot, I'm sure from a def- uh, special team standpoint, we might not necessarily notice it. Um, you know, the, 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 the majority of the fan base might not notice it when they watch the special, when they watch special teams out there. But I mean, they could be setting up different wedges, whether it be on a kickoff return or, you know, from a punt block standpoint, how many guys they're actually sending. I mean, shoot, we go back to that Georgia state game. One of the first blocks they had, they only sent three guys. It wasn't a block attempt really at all. It was more so trying to set up a return. just that Georgia, Georgia, uh, State did an awful job of blocking it, and South Carolina was able to capitalize off it. So I, I mention a lot of that because this game, you know, look, AM to me is more talented in South Carolina. Um, and if you're offended by that, I mean, look, this is the same team for the most part. For the most part, they did lose some guys. This is the same team that kicked your teeth, that kicked your teeth in a year ago. Well, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that this AM team, if South Carolina is able to come out and beat AM, I think it would be one of the more impressive, more impressive one year swing I've ever seen in college football. Just to go from what we saw a year ago to what we could see this Saturday. So obviously that's a lot of what ifs. But again, AM, still a very talented team. I know a lot of people are asking about the quarterback situation. We will get into that in a little bit. We'll probably find out more. I mean, this is why we tape these shows on Tuesday nights. Um, we're taping it a day earlier, though. We'll have Pop Howard on a little bit. Um, but we'll find out more, I'm sure, from A&M tomorrow, if not later on in the week. But, yeah, they're banged up at quarterback. It's just funny. Look, I don't care who the heck's playing quarterback for A&M. At the end of the day, they're still a very good team. They're still a very good team. They gave Bama a hell of a game. I mean, we could be sitting here today right now. Alabama could have two losses. Alabama could have three losses for crying out loud if you really want to dig into it. So I say all that because there's a lot of momentum right now for South Carolina. And we've talked about this before, Joe. One of the challenging things that I've seen from South Carolina over the last couple of years, and it's unfair sometimes to loop in these players. It's unfair to loop in Beamer in this coaching staff, but that's all we really have right now, which is historically, at least in recent years, anytime there's been some type of momentum for South Carolina, this is where they fall flat. This is where they come up short. This is where the expectations are higher and they don't live up to it. Having that extra week is huge, but again, AM has the same thing. So I don't know how much of an advantage it really will be. It will certainly level the playing field, though. It's kind of like, you know, shoot, to make a really corny comparison. It's kind of like, you know, an old school video game, right? And you're just trying to get your stamina back up, right? You just, you're, you're not moving at all and you're just in that corner or whatever the heck you are and you're getting your energy back up. It's going to level it all out. And even though, even though I feel like AM has more talent, that doesn't mean South Carolina can't beat them. It doesn't mean Kentucky had more talent. Kentucky had more talent. I know people don't want to agree with that, but Kentucky had more talent. 
But you know what, though? South Carolina executed when they needed to. They executed when they needed to. And if you're able to beat A&M, now you get to 5-2. and two. Now you're one win away from being bowl eligible. But on top of that, you have an opportunity to finish off the season very strongly. Even though you have some tough, tough games, going to Gainesville, playing Tennessee, playing at Clemson. I know Vandy's in there too, but just mentioning, mentioning that, that uh, orange crush to end the year. Bottom line is it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any easier. So to be able to go out there and get a win this weekend would be huge, Joe. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. This weekend is very big um, in terms of momentum, right? You talked about it. it. It's been a problem for this program to kind of get real momentum going. And I think last year, um, as back and forth as it was, you know, you could feel the energy, the momentum kind of going downhill. Now with this bye week, um, granted, it's it's kind of put it like put a kind of pause on it, if you will. But I can still feel the energy behind it. You know, Texas A&M is a big game. It's a prove-it game to see if this team can kind of hold on to momentum and go out there and knock off another SEC opponent. And I think, Mike, too, like it's really, really hard to generate momentum going downhill in a season in the SEC. Like it is very, very, very hard. It's the toughest conference in football. So to generate any momentum, let alone what this team has done so far and what they could do with Texas A&M, it's huge. It's really big for the program, for, you know, Beamer, for everybody, the players. It, it really shows that, you know, this team is what it has been built up to be for a second-year program under Shane Beamer. So there's some stats I do want to get into. We mentioned some of them last week. And, again, if you're just joining us and you missed it, yes, we're doing this on a Monday night. A little change up this week. It will usually be a Tuesday night show. It's been that way all season long. But we had to change it up a little bit this week. Um, I'll be actually – on Celtics duty tomorrow night, home opener. So we had to make an adjustment, and it worked out because Pup Howard's going to be joining us. So it all worked out. It all worked out, but that is the reason why. We don't like to hide things from you, but that's the reason why. Nothing too crazy. Um, but going back to Richard's point, we need more than seven in the first half. Yeah. No. And this is something that we mentioned last week, Joe, that South Carolina has just struggled with. And if, if you missed my story today on Gamecock Central, we changed up a little bit. It wasn't a typical mix in a water Monday since there was no game over the weekend for South Carolina. So instead of having a former player come on and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of what we saw from the previous game, I kind of just wrote a little story about the good, the bad, and the ugly, which we've seen from South Carolina so far. And one of those things was just the slow starts. And I have that as the ugly. I have that as if you have to look at what has took place with South Carolina the first half of the year. Right. You're trying to break things down. I know there's going to be a lot of people that will probably say the offense. I, I put the offensive rhythm as the bad uh, The run defense. I had in there as the bad, even though they looked better in the second half against Kentucky. But this has been an issue going back to last season for South Carolina, just these slow starts. And yes, they did win the first quarter against Kentucky last week. They, they won it seven, nothing. That could have easily been a tie game though. I mean, that could have been three, three. I mean, if you really want to go back and forth and nitpick just because of what happened, right? I mean, South Carolina forces a fumble. They block a kick. They only get able to get seven points. Kentucky goes down. They miss a kick. But the point being is when South Carolina wins the first quarter, and this is against FBS teams, I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's huge this week against A&M. In those games, under Shane Beamer, South Carolina is 5-1, and one when they outscore their opponents in the first quarter against FBS teams. 
five and one when they are either outscored in the first quarter or tied, they are five and six. So the moral of the story, you need to, need to, need to against a good AM team. You need to be able to come out fast. You need to be able to come out fast. And look, you played against a Kentucky team from a defensive standpoint going into that game that was ranked top 20 in the country. I get that from an offensive standpoint, there are people that are going to be frustrated with the offense. I understand that. But realize, too, that you're going up against a good defense. Going up against a good defense. And they got better as the game went on. Man, if they can get out to a to an early lead, get some points on the board – they're going to put a lot of smiles on people's faces, and maybe one of the people that will smile will be Grayson Pup Howard. So we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit because I want to um, get Pup on the line here. Pup, first off, man, I appreciate you hopping on uh, on short notice. How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, football season's going good, so I'm really excited. So we've been talking about the upcoming game for South Carolina. We're gonna we're gonna switch it up here a little bit, mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about just what's been going on with you. We had Dante Reno on last week. He kind of shared with us what it's been like for him so far from a season standpoint. I'm going to ask you a lot of similar questions. Mm-hmm. First thing is, for you personally, what were some of your goals heading into this scene from an individual standpoint that you wanted to be able to work on to be able to elevate your game? And have you been able to do that so far? Yeah, so the I really had uh, two goals going into the season. Um, one is just uh, make sure that I'm consistent. Um, making plays each and every game, um, doing what I'm supposed to do each and every game. Just, just you know, I set the standard um, going in my 10th, 11th, and now in my 12th grade year, so it's just following the standard. Um, you know, just reading my keys and just not making, like, stupid amateur mistakes because it's my senior year. Um, so I've been on that track. I've been doing great, um, leading my team. So we're to 6-1 and one right now. Um, and the second goal was, of course, the state championship. Um, you know, I was, you know, blessed to be able to be committed before the season, um, had offers from everybody in the country. Uh, but now it's more about um, non-personal stuff, uh, state championship, uh, making sure that on February and February that uh, my other guys uh, have a whole full table of people signing. Um, it's, it's, it's just that type of thing that, that I'm focused on instead of like the personal stuff. I'm glad you brought it back to that, right? Because you might not even realize it, but just going from a question like that and talking about some of your personal goals and bring it back from a team standpoint, it's important because think about how free you've been able to probably be this year from a mental standpoint. You're not worrying about, okay, and I'm sure, and we can talk about it in a little bit. I'm sure there's some schools that maybe are still trying to reach out to you to see, okay, you know, hey, I know you're not committed, committed yet because it's obviously verbal until the first week of December. But I'm sure it's, you know, it's it's more of your in your control. Do you feel like you're just going out there and you're able to just play now? And have you noticed a difference? Absolutely. Um, That's the biggest reason why I committed over the summer is I I wanted to make sure that uh, I was able to actually like focus on my team 100 percent. I didn't have to, you know, take visits on top of visits on top of visits and uh, try to use like (laughs) um, try to use my phone as a as a. constant landline between thousands of coaches each and every night after practice. So I'm glad to be able to, to be able to shut it down and actually like focus on my team. You mentioned the way your team's playing right now. How enjoyable is that? Because obviously you have dreams and aspirations of playing at the next level. You're going to be playing in the SEC at South Carolina, 
But, I mean, high school football is special, man. I don't care what level of college you play, whether it be D1, D2, D3. College football is a lot of fun. And anyone that's played it can tell you um, some of the most fond memories that I have playing college ball. But at the same time, too, high school ball is just special. How, how special has this season been to be able to enjoy it with your guys, knowing that, hey, look, there's a dream in front of me of being able to play college ball, but I, I want to live in the moment right now. Absolutely. Um, so most days it's, it's uh, heaven. Um, I was on, I've been at the same high school all four years. Um, I, I was three and seven my freshman year, and now we're six and one going on my senior year. Uh, we were able to make the playoffs when we got my new head coach. Uh, he came here my, uh, going into my 10th grade year. Um, I was able to be part of the uh, team that was able to get him his uh, victory against his old high school um, two years in a row. Um, overtime win this year. And I mean, we're just we're just dominating um, and just being the team that we're supposed to be. Um, everybody's looking good. Uh, been leading our defense um, to averaging about uh, seven points uh, scored in us per game this year. So we, we're we're rolling. Um, and then the other days, it's hard sometimes. You know, you got to lead each and every day, all that good stuff. But I mean, I, I love my team, and I wouldn't ask for a better team to be a part of. Shout out to Wes Mitchell over at Gamecock Central, showing some love for Pup. Also going to have intern Joe hop on here in a minute because I know he's got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Pup, I feel like you and, and Dante, and I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your behind, but, <laughs> I mean, it seems like you guys are, are well beyond your years. And I think being able to ask a question to, to you like this, like I asked Dante last week, it helps this fan base understand things a little uh just helps them understand a little bit better, right? And I know that you don't speak for every recruit, mm-hmm. but for you personally, look, the highs and lows, and you get it from playing high school football. It's going to be obviously a little bit different playing in the SEC because there's more eyes. More eyes means more voices. Yes, you know, when there's highs and lows on social media about the team and this and that, for you personally, do you even pay attention to that? And the reason I bring that up is because I think some fans get so concerned sometimes about seeing what Johnny 36444 has to say about the game. They get worried sometimes about a recruit. But at the end of the day, does that really bother you? Or do you just look at it as, you know what, that's a pa- just the passionate fan base and that just comes with it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't look at it like that. Um, I see a lot of recruits posting, um, like they'll screenshot uh, a message that they got from a from a fan or whatever and post it on Twitter and stuff. Um, one one that, that fan probably has never played football in their life. Uh, like you, you don't you don't focus on that on that stuff. Um, they're just passionate fans. You know, some of these people have been fans um, for decades. Their parents, their grandparents were fans. So um, always, somebody's always going to uh, have something to say. But, you know, you just you just focus on the the uh, task at hand and just focus on that and everything's going to play out. And I can tell you right now, being back up here, doing the double duty right now this fall, covering the Patriots, they're, <laughs> they're on a two-game win streak. And I can tell you, I mean, sure, I can go back to the Brady's days. Brady days when they were winning Super Bowls, man. I mean, every Monday there's someone was upset about something. So it doesn't matter where you are. So I bring that up, though, because it's not to bash South Carolina fans. It's yeah. to show you that this happens everywhere. And it's just trying to give a perspective from a recruit because I can sit here and tell you what, okay, but it's good to be able to hear you say it directly because I think some of these fans, it makes them feel a little bit better. I'm sure some will get still nervous a little bit. I get it. Um, they'll be like, you know, what, what, what good does this do the program? 
Yeah. So like, if I if I was like getting recruited by a school and I looked at a at a somebody say, oh well, he's not good. We don't want him anyway. That's not going to affect my decision. And if and if the recruit really likes the school, that's not going to affect the decision at all. Um, a lot of like I said, a lot of recruits get sidetracked by that, and sometimes, but it's the goal at hand, the task at hand. And you know what? Ninety percent of the times, if that's the case, probably don't want the player at that school anyway. If they're worried about their failings or whatever, you know, and because then. Because it make let them make one bad play on Saturday, yeah. and a lot more people, and then they're, and yeah, it's gonna be bad. It's like dating a girl. If you, if if you're already looking for reasons to get upset, right? Yeah. Just the way she eats her food or whatever. I mean, it's just, anyway. probably shouldn't be dating her to begin with. You yeah. know, if you're already looking for a reason, I'm gonna throw intern Joe in right now because mm. I know you got a question for Pup. Yeah, Pup. Um, first off, I love the nickname because like it proves you have that dog in you. Uh, <laughs> um, but Pup, man. Uh, so like obviously, like I saw a couple comments about it. Um, we're seeing it all on your Twitter. How, um, how much are you recruiting other guys, and how much are you texting, kind of getting, getting other guys to maybe flip or just you know, give a hard commit? Yeah, um, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of talent. Um, in the twenty three class, it's a lot of talent that shouldn't be playing against us. Uh, that's 100 percent. And it's a lot of guys out there that I know are like they're they're good on the field, but moreover, they're good people. And I know that's what we need in South Carolina. So it's a lot of guys that are recruiting uh, a lot of different positions. But um, like we, we have a great 23 class right now. Um, so I'm really excited about what, what we're going to have. Absolutely. What's that process like, though? Because we talked with Dante, right? It's not like it's the summer. And I'm not yeah. saying you were sitting by the pool each day having a pina colada, virgin pina colada at that, because I know you're you're under 21. But the point being is I know that's a little bit freer in the summer. Now you have oh. schoolwork, you got football. What, what What's the – I mean, I'm sure it varies. I'm not asking you to say, okay, when you wake up at 6 o'clock, what's it every day? But how do you balance that? Because I'm sure it's a little bit different in, in terms of trying to have that communication or at least consistent um. communication with some of these other recruits. So the good thing about me is I'm I'm an early enrollee, so I really don't have much work this year. Um, but um, like the good thing about a cell phone is it's it's all it's always on. So I um, usually hit up the person on Twitter at first, you know, catch up with him, watch his film, um, get to know him a little bit. Uh, that ask for his number, you know, we'll we'll talk sometimes on the phone, all that good stuff, build a relationship, and I'll let him know. Um, just just come to the game. Um, because when we get in person, we're gonna really click, and he's gonna like he, he's gonna love uh, the atmosphere that we have in South Carolina. For example, Nick. Um, so I've never I've before I actually met Nick on the at South Carolina. I've never knew Nick. Um, Nick Harbor for anyone that uh, is missing that part of it. I think ninety percent of the fan base knows, but just in case anyone's wondering who Nick is. Yeah. So um, it was the I want to say I want it was over the summer. I know that so it had to be my OB. Well, um, me and Nick clicked like automatically, um, and then we've been best like best friends ever since. So me and him all talk all the time and all that good stuff. But it's really it's really like you know we're we're high school athletes, we're high school kids, so we relate in a lot of ways. And once you get that connection, it's it's easy. There are some questions coming in. I'm going to pull those up in a minute. And what I'll do as well, Joe, we're going to throw that number up there in case anyone wants to call into the program to ask Pup a question. But before I go into this, because Travis, I see you have a question there. You mentioned just the crowd. I asked Dante this question last week, and I know you were there. I spoke with another recruit. I told him I wouldn't put his name out there publicly because he asked me not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to ask you your perspective of this because, you know, after that Georgia game, mm-hmm. obviously Georgia had a good day. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Georgia had a good day. And people were leaving in the stands. And that happens sometimes. But I'm bringing yeah. that up because – 
one of the, the recruits that had a conversation with me said they looked at that saying that's motivating them for when they go to USC to be able to give them a reason to stay in the stands because they know what that atmosphere was like for the majority of the first quarter. And obviously until things start getting out of, out of, out of hand, but I bring that up though, pup, because I'm sure that there's a portion of the fan base, Nicholas Harbor comes, you want to put your best foot forward and they see stuff like that and they get nervous a little bit. And again, I know you I know you're not speaking directly for Nick, but just as a recruit in general, and I know you can only speak for yourself, but whether it be just the vibe you got from a player like him or just the guys that you were around that day, do you agree with that that statement? Yeah, um, yeah I absolutely think that, you know, seeing that, it might, it might you know, give you the impression that, of course, you want to turn things around. Uh, I don't think it's uh, – I don't see it in, like, a negative light. Um, you know, you just got to play better, straight like that. Um, you want fans to say you just got to play better. And it comes down to that. I know um, we. it was a bunch of commits there. Um, Nick being with me. Um, it was me, Nick, uh, Tree all hanging out. Uh, uh, Cam was also there. You know, we, we were just chatting up, all this good stuff. Uh, I mean, Nick was having a ball. Um, the score came out pretty quickly, but uh, he, he was just glad to be there. Um, but it just comes down to playing better. You, you, you see fans leaving, you just got to play better going to put that number up there if anyone wants to call in while we have pup because i don't want to hold pup too long and then of course we have monday night football tonight so we all <laughs> want to watch some football tonight uh if you want to call into the program here is your number 803-567-7396 give intern joe something to do he's trying to stay busy over there so <laughs> let's get let's keep intern joe busy uh, i'm going to pull up one of the questions that travis had i'm trying to find it here we go travis and the question is, Pup, who would be the biggest influence on your play style? Oh, that's a good one. All right. So um, I think I am the biggest fan of Micah Parsons. Um, going into my 11th grade year, um, and can still now, I'll watch hours and hours of his uh, game film at, at Penn State. Um, mm. Versatility. I mean, he's 6'3", 240. Um, being able to move 4'3". Uh, um, being able to play in space, stop the run, rush the edge. I mean, he, he's a new age linebacker, and, uh, you know, he, he's who I model my game after. Do you feel that, too? I mean, I, I know it's funny for me to say that because I felt like, shoot, when I was going through college, that hybrid position was starting to come up. The four-two-five was really growing, and now it feels like every team's doing it. Absolutely. But do you, do you feel like that's – I mean, that's probably something that's already going on with a lot of high schools now, but it's just funny to see it just – evolve over the last i'd say decade or so mm-hmm. yeah it's a speed game now so it's the fastest and the strongest and how do you how do you feel like from a training standpoint because you're trying to get big yeah. but would you say speed's more important now than ever um I think, how do you try to balance that because i'm sure you know you want to get you want to get bigger but if you get too big too fast that speed's going to be down you know what i mean trying to get that balance so i think it just depends on you know who you have training you um, as long as you as you do it the right way, for example, um, during the offseason, um, we so we lifted, we lifted heavy um, in the weight room and then we'll condition right after. So going through um, that phase, I was I was put on weight fast and I was I was still moving. So, um, you know, I put on since last year, I finished the season at 205, my 11th grade year. I'm 230 now. So being able to just keep keep the same speed, uh, well, I'm faster, but, you know, keeping uh, weight and my speed up, 
uh, I mean, it's easy as long as you have the right people helping you and you're doing it the right way. Do you have a kind of a, a target goal? Of what would you like at least to, to have going at, into USC? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I, I feel great now. Of course, when I get there, um, you know, I'll be with Coach Day and I'll be with uh, Chris. And we'll put muscle on you, man. I mean, and you probably have already hear, heard this. There's always there's always a way to be able to put 10 pounds of muscle around right those legs. I mean, that's yeah. the first thing. I mean, you can always put and that's the most important part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so that that's if anyone else has a question, let us know. Um, I got intern Joe still here. Um I don't know how much you've been able to pay attention to South Carolina this year. I'm sure oh. you're, 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 you're paying attention as the best you can, yeah. but um, just to see them be able to turn things around and just being able to have as, fun, as much fun as they did against Kentucky. Yep. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, what is just your vibe when you talk to some of these other players, maybe guys that are still on the fence of going to South Carolina, but the way they view that, because I tell Gamecock fans this, whether it be on Gamecock Central's message board would be just, you know, I don't see him in person as much. Uh, spoiler, I will be down in South Carolina this weekend, guys. Um, but I, I, say, I say that because some people get so concerned about, you know, oh, you know, people are trolling Beamer or this or that. It's just like goes back to what Reggie Jackson used to say. Fans don't boo nobodies. I feel like it's it's always a good thing if people are talking. But just your sense of what uh, what some of these other recruits, how, how they perceive Beamer and and just what's going on over there. Yeah, the biggest thing I sell is um, it's a family feel, and uh, Coach Beamer is a player's coach. Uh, I mean, everybody agrees with that. Um, everybody loves Coach Beamer. Um, and then after the Kentucky game, um, just the first play um, from from defense, uh, just making a play. Uh, you know, you can't you can't sell that to a defensive player. I'm um, just knowing that uh, you just got to have the right people at the right place at the right time with the right head coach, and and, and uh, match is gonna happen. So um, I sell that. I mean, we 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 played a good game against Kentucky. Um, I mean, we're, we're four and two right now and, uh, we lost to uh, two pretty good teams. Um, and then Arkansas, um, what, 14 points lost by 14 points. Um, and you know, you just got to have the right, right, uh, people that's going to want to play. And, uh, I mean, we have a, like I said, we have a great class and I just sell that to the recruits and everybody I'm talking to is buying it. And everybody that I'm talking to is loving it. So. I know there's a couple of players who I could bring up. Well, I'm just going to bring up one in particular. What 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 would it look like with Pup Howard and Nicky Minwari on the same field from a defensive standpoint? Seeing what this young man's doing as a freshman, uh, it's crazy because me and Nick are tight, real close. So we really? met. Um, I wanted we we met uh, last season when I was on a visit. I want to say it was either the Kentucky game or the Clemson game. So um, I, we were sitting at uh, – it was halftime. We were sitting at the table, and Nick came over and sat by me. Then we just started talking and catching up and all this good stuff. Um, and we've been close ever since. Um, every time I go up to South Carolina, I say, what's up? He was my host for my uh, OV. Um, and Nick actually was a big reason why I decided that I need to um, – that, 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 that was home. Um, just being around Nick and knowing how hungry he is, and he just wants to get uh, better and – and play, um, I, I wouldn't ask for a better teammate than that. Um, so we spent the weekend having fun and all that good stuff. We did uh, – oh, we was competing all weekend. We did um, we did bowling, um, uh, Jenga at Coach Beamer's house. Um, we did everything. So we were just uh, competing all that good stuff. But, I mean, um, we're going to play good together. I know that for a fact. Um, the good thing about – the good thing about uh, when I get there is Nick wouldn't have to make 21 tackles a game. 
um, because I'll be making all the tackles for him. Um, but just knowing that behind you that you have somebody, not only a, a great player, but a great person, just makes you play harder. And that brotherhood is, is going to take us farther than no other. See a question from Michael. We'll have that one popped up in just a little bit. You talk about bowling, man. I mean, we got Corey Rucker. He showed up on his official visit with a bowling ball. So mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen Corey go to the lanes a couple of times. I've got into the bowling game before I left to get back uh, up to Boston for a little bit. But okay, um, I do want to bring this up before I think Mike uh, Michael has a question. I'll get to Mike. The other Michael has a question. Uh, but uh, being down in Jacksonville, Florida, I know you're. I, I know I know people in South Carolina are going to get upset with me when I say this, but I know you're from the South. If you will. Oh. I mean, I know some people are going to get upset. They don't want to call Jacksonville to sell. I get that. Okay. I'm a dumb Yankee. You can just blame it on me. Right. But I say that. Have you been able to kind of find your, find any fixings food wise in Columbia? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I always eat at Maurice's. Um, I know a lot of people told me a lot of good places to eat, but um, my coach, uh, coach Bubba brings me to Maurice's and I mean, I, I love Maurice's. So that's what I eat all the time. And if it's, it's so good, good it's like, why, why stop? It is so good. Like, yeah. It is so good. Yeah. I'm impressed, Paul. That, like, that's a spot, man, for barbecue. <laughs> you got a confession. A I've never been to Maurice's. Six like, years in South Carolina, never oh been. You got to have it. You got oh, that. So they're, um, they're hush puppies. Like, they're yeah. the best puppies I've ever had. Come on. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you two of my favorite barbecue places. And if anyone has some on the side, True Barbecue, Michael says, um, two of my favorite. One, the Ultimate Tailgaters, and you're gonna be able to get to know him if you haven't already. Chris Fulmer, he's gone to, and I, I, I should know the number off the top of my head right now. I don't. He's been to over, goodness, four hundred forty something straight Gamecock football games uh-huh. in a row. Um, but he will do some of the catering for Gamecock football. He makes oh. some of the best baked beans I've ever had in my life. Uh-huh. Um, but another good place is Railroad Barbecue, which oh. is not too far between Allen and um, and Benedict. Mm-hmm. Fairly new. The place is good legit. Yeah, it's so good. good brisket. I do want to bring this up. Michael says, and I know you can't. I know you don't want to spoil. You you, you uh. might know some things that you don't want to say. You know, over at Gamecock Central, we hear things too, and uh-huh. we we don't want to spoil anyone's. Uh, parade absolutely so if you can't answer this question which is i was thinking about oh wrong one i saw michael pop up twice sorry michael i'll pop up your other one but i was thinking about him and nick that's a good one mike here's the other question for mike sorry mike wrong one who are you hoping who, who you hope commits next to the gamecocks I, you might know things and i don't want you to ruin anyone's parade absolutely so if you can't answer that are we getting warmer on a couple more players. I mean, yeah. whatever way you want to word it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say the biggest, my biggest uh, project is Nick Harper. Um, me and him are so close, and he's a great pl- uh, person, great player, and he has a great family. So I wouldn't ask for a better, a better addition to uh, this commit class than Nick Harper. But um, I've been talking to a, a couple other players. Um, some committed, some not. So um, don't want to disclose that for them. But um, yeah. You- we have a we have a lot of good players that we're hoping to add to it. Um, like I said, we have a great twenty three class as is, but uh, it's always it's always great to keep improving. You were here for the Georgia game. Do you have any other plans of coming on down here? I don't know if there's any conflicts with with high school games. I know Dante uh, plays a lot of games on Saturdays, but any uh, any plans of coming down before the end of the year? Yeah, so I'll be there for the uh, this week for the A and M game, and 
either I should be back for the Tennessee or I might come back um, the week after and play uh, this weekend, uh, come to Missouri. But, yeah, I've come in uh, two more times. Joe, any other questions you got? I'm going to see if there's any more questions over here for uh, for Pup and Susan. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Real Real Barbecue is very good. Very good. And they got a they got a, I know he I know he's at SC State, but we got to give shout out to Buddy Pew. There's a there's a poster of Buddy Pew in there too. Any oh. anytime you have a restaurant of Buddy Pew inside, Buddy Pew's such a great man, pup. You'll get to know Buddy, even though he's SC State. Buddy Pew's a staple of the state of South Carolina. Yeah, sir. Yeah, but uh, I guess pup. My last question was: You've mentioned like repeatedly that when you're recruiting other players, you're looking for like good guys, and you've always brought out that they're good guys. And, I mean, we know what Shane teaches about culture and stuff. How big of a factor in your commitment was the culture, and what do you like about what's brewing here? Yeah, so um, the culture was 100% of my commitment um, and, and the people there. Um, it's not it's not a lot of places that you go that you um, meet all different levels of the staff. Um, for example, um, I'm real close with Kristen, the nutritionist, and that's going to be a big part of, you know, how, how good, how well I do in, um, in college is uh, how much weight I can put on, how I can stay healthy, how I can stay fast, um, just what I'm putting inside. Um, and she's great. Uh, I love her, and um, I know that we work well together. Um, coach Day, the strength coach, um, he reminds me so much of my head coach. Um, and I, at, when, I, when I met Coach Day, I felt at home. Um, uh, coach White, uh, D.C., linebacker coach, um, I mean, he's doing great things with the defense. And um, I, I just want to be that guy that, um, that makes sure that, he's undoubtedly the best linebacker coach in the country and undoubtedly that I'm the best linebacker in the country. So I know we're going to work well together and uh, nobody will want to play for a different head. Uh, coach B. Um, like I said, when I committed, he jumped into my arms. So that's the type of player. I mean, the type of coach that he is and um, the type of relationship we have. Awesome. Uh, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap things up in a little bit here. You've been very gracious with your time. We got Brian. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this question's been asked, and I apologize if it's already been asked in the past by one of our co one of my coworkers, Wes or um, Chris. But any plans to enroll early? I don't know. I, I know it's funky sometimes in different places where you are, but do you have any plans on doing that? Yes, sir. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, enrolling. You early. are enrolling early, okay? And I apologize that question's probably been asked like a million times. Great job, Mike, of being able to attention. Yeah. We, uh, I, I do want to ask you this, pup, before we wrap things up here. Uh -huh. You're seeing, you're seeing how things are playing out right now, and you get to see it from a very unique perspective, right? I know the conversations probably aren't as much, but I'm sure you're still getting text messages occasionally from Beamer and this coaching staff. But I, I bring that up because on the outside, not every fan. But I think a majority of them, they look at it from a win-loss standpoint. They're seeing what's going on. They saw what happened last year. They were able to get to seven wins. They saw where the program was a couple years prior. You're getting to see it from a different perspective. Is there anything that stands out to you as you're going through this process? Because, yeah, you know, and I, there's probably still some, like you mentioned, there's probably still some teams that are reaching out to you, trying to recruit you. But what's really stood out to you I mean, we talk about, and it's probably going to steal your answer, about just that family atmosphere and just how the realness. But is there anything in particular outside of those two things that we hear so much of, not saying they're not important, but is there anything else that stands out to you about what Shane Beamer in this program is doing right now that really makes you say, hey, I want to be part of that? Absolutely. Um, uh, one thing is, you know, of course, the culture and the uh, people that's there. Um, like, I, I've 
I've helped build this recruiting class. Um, and I, I wouldn't, you know, it would, I wouldn't like get up and up and leave and nothing like that. Um, this is my family. Um, besides that, the, the wins and the losses, um, this team a couple years ago wouldn't beat Kentucky. Um, they wouldn't have been able to overcome adversity like that. All this good stuff. Um, I know Coach Beamer's doing great. Um, it's it's everything that goes into it. Uh, for example, uh, just a little thing. Well, the big things, uh, Justin King, um, you're not going to find a media, uh, professional like, like Justin to be able to cover uh, a university like that. So just stuff like that, that that'll be able to help me, help my team, um, you know, push us over the edge. Um, like I said, if you have the right players at the right place at the right time with the right head coach, um, match is going to happen, and I'm bringing the right players, and we're going to be at the right place at the right time, and Coach Beamer is going to be the right head coach for us. you feel like this is a player-led program? Because that's something Dante mentioned and, and how that is something that he's trying to use as a sale pitch to some of these other recruits. Absolutely. Um, I feel like, um, you know, Coach Beamer is a, is a player's, club, uh, player's coach, so he's going to, um, you know, uh, care about us uh, deeper than, the, than what we do on the field and be able to mold what we do to our strengths and um, all that good stuff. I'm not saying that, you know, of course, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be mentally challenging. And that's what college football is. Um, Cause if it's not, that's not the right place to be. Um, but I, like I said, the, the staff is wonderful and we have all the right people in all the right places. Well, pup, I appreciate you hopping on with us, buddy. Maybe I'll see you down there this Saturday, but safe travels. You have a game Friday night or are you guys off this week? Uh, yes, sir. We have a homecoming this uh, Friday. All right. Any any chance of being the homecoming king, though? I mean, we see it sometimes with players. No? Not on the run? I didn't run for homecoming court. Uh, that's all right. Hey, you're focused. You're focused on the team. You're focused on the state title. I get it. I get yeah. it. Well, appreciate you, buddy. And, uh, again, safe travels down to South Carolina or up to South Carolina yes, sir. this week. I really appreciate you for having me. No problem, Pup. Pup Howard, once again, hopping on with us. Always good to be able to some of these recruits. And looks like we have a call right now joining the program. And I'll let intern Joe take that. We'll wrap this show up talking about this upcoming weekend's game against Texas A&M. Um, waiting for intern Joe to give me the thumbs up. But, God, what a, I'll tell you what. The last two weeks between having Pup Howard on tonight, Dante Reno last week, you can just see there's a – there's there's the similarity, which is there's guys that aren't just great athletes, great people, um, but they're doing a great job from a recruiting standpoint too. Maybe uh, Lady Bree would agree with this. Lady Bree, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Mike. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lot of positive things, and that's kind of the conversation I wanted to have with you tonight because there's like this portion of the the fan base that has this negative idea, I guess, um, about our offensive coordinators. And mm-hmm. I want to get your take on that because there was like this big rumor meal that after the Kentucky game, you know, the reason we played so great from first half to second half was, you know, oh, somebody else was calling the plays. It just sounded really weird to me. I felt like, you know, there was a lot of mistakes that came from Spencer in the first half that cost some points on the board. And nobody ever wants to say, oh, you know, these things were on Spencer or that, you know. And, and then we turn around, it's like, oh, there was a different play caller in the second half. And also going to what you just mentioned, and I had said this last week when Reno was on the show, 
one of the questions that you brought up which is if Marcus Satterfield isn't here next year right or in two years should Gamecock fans be worried about Dante Reno I don't think that's the case whatsoever I really don't unless something dramatic happened and I'm talking Shane Beamer leaving or something like that I think Dante Reno will be a Gamecock regardless and the reason being is outside of the fact of his love for this university his father's a college football coach he wouldn't have committed without knowing the risk and everything else that's a possibility. And I say risk, not saying that anything is going to happen, but he knows what could happen. Coaches, you know, coach, coaching changes happen sometimes, whether it be positional, whatever the case may be. I'm not saying that is going to happen. It could, but I'm not saying it is going to happen, but that's always a possibility. So I bring that up because I don't think anyone has anything to worry about with Dante Reno. As far as Satterfield goes, goes I, I like what they did in the second half and i think in in large part what they did was they were able to get rattler out of the pocket more more than anything and i feel like that's where he's just at his best i think the big thing is we've talked about this before i know marcus Lattimore brought this up and look there's gonna be a lot of people out there there's a lot of people juggling both these gigs and just seeing it from a college standpoint then obviously you know growing up in a pro market but covering the patriots each, each week and seeing it on a level where you have former Patriot players and you have, you know, different media members talk about the offense, the defense, all that stuff, right? It makes me laugh sometimes because there's just there's going to be so many voices. There's going to be so many voices. So I, I bring that up just because there's going to be players, former players, who aren't going to be fans of certain things. There's going to be former players that like certain things. I think with this offense more than anything, is it a sexy style of offense? No. Is it the style of offense that, you know, should be able to produce more points than what they are doing? Absolutely. It just comes down to execution. Now, there's certain things going back to last week, and I mentioned this after the Kentucky game. I think it was last week after the game and also on Talking Tuesday that there were times I'm like, what are they doing in the first half? But as the game went on from an offensive standpoint, I felt like the play calling wasn't the issue. Felt like the execution got better as the game went on as well. And I, and I feel like more than anything, look, they need to continue to, if you want to have a negative that you can say about Satterfield, it's about finding ways to get this offense in a rhythm early and being able to capitalize on the weapons that they do have. I'm not saying that they're not trying to get the ball to Jaheim Bell or get the ball to Juice, um, Juice Wells early. It might feel that way. It might feel like they're not trying to get the ball to Josh Van at times. Again, I've said this before, going back and watching it on the All-22, some of these guys need to do a better job of getting open. They did a better job of that in the second half against Kentucky. They need to continue to do that. So it's easy to say, why isn't X player X, player Y, player Z not getting the ball? And I'm not saying that you're saying that, Lady Bree, but I feel like there's some people that feel that way. And I feel like if South Carolina can continue to find ways of getting the ball to those guys, and I think that's why we're seeing – so many screen passes, so many short passes. They're trying to give Rattler an opportunity to capitalize on one of his strengths, which is he can deliver a ball quickly. 
and you have talented guys. So what's the easiest way to be able to get the ball from your quarterback's hands to your playmaker's hands? Throw the ball quickly. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, they can continue to do some slants across the middle. I know we've mentioned that. I know that there's a lot of people that would like to see that more, but I feel like that's why we're seeing some of the things that we are seeing. And I'm interested to see coming off the bye week, the added wrinkles. If you're expecting a whole different playbook, you're absolutely out of your mind. It's just not going to happen. What added wrinkles does South Carolina add to what they've been doing the last couple of weeks? I think everything has to surround the run game, be around the run game, play action, rollouts, and being able to continue to find ways with those rollouts, continue to get Rattler outside of the pocket, because I feel like that is when he's at his best. In turn, Joe, you're nodding your head there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like like I said earlier, Mike, uh, Spencer's gotten a lot better at making decisions outside the pocket. We've seen that. You know, in Kentucky, he looked better when he was outside the pocket. And number one, too, I thought he was taking a couple more hits. Um, You know, I know Joe Burrows talked about, you know, when he gets hit, he gets into the game more. And I saw Spencer take a lot more hits um, that he was kind of leaning into on the run. Um, And then he started to get it going from there. So I think that was big for him just to kind of get in the rhythm, take a couple shots. I mean, you're playing football. It, it, it helps sometimes, Mike. I, I know you played football. I did too. And like, you know, it feels good sometimes to, you know, actually be in the game and whatnot. I just, I just, I just feel, and I, and I mentioned this before and bringing up a comment from Nick, you know, come down to our defenses, the one game, the one big game that they showed up. And I do want to mention that because it will, it will come down to the defense. I think for the defense more than anything, we could talk about, the situation with AM. I mean, they could be on a third string quarterback this weekend. The problem is we're not going to know until probably what week two, week three. Um, I mean, week two, week two, week two, week three, day two of the week, which is Tuesday. And then of course, Wednesday. Um, I was trying to figure out <laughs> why, why you were smirking. What's going on in there, Joe, Joe, I, and you can just go out and t- yeah. <laughs> just go tackle Rattler a few times and read for you. But I, but I think in, this is something else that I mentioned before on the, uh, on the story today from an offensive standpoint with South Carolina, just the run game, just the last couple of weeks, I get it. And I don't know how many times I'm going to keep having to say this. Cause I know there's going to be some people that, Oh, they did against Charlotte. They did against SC state. Uh. Okay. It's over with. Okay. The end of the day, that's the schedule. The schedule is the schedule. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Okay. We've said that at nauseum right now, right? It, I, I don't know how much more times I have to say this. There's, there's going to be people that, that bring that up though, but just throwing that out there, right? After struggling to establish the run, the first three games of the season, USC has rushed for 659 yards in their past three games. Think about that. 659 yards. Okay. I want to give you an idea of how, non-existent I think that's the best way to put it how non-existent their run game was through the first three games 211 yards think about that 211 yards in the first three games I was awful at math in college I was just awful at math in general once you start throwing letters in there and stuff I mean you know three plus three three times two I can do all that crap but letters in there and stuff but the point being is that's maybe why I talk about sports for a living now, but that is more than three times the amount of yards that they had that first week. So the fact that they have been able, and I, I hate using the word identity 
it's such a easy cop out way of just saying like, what are they? I don't think South Carolina is necessarily a run, a run team. Um, I think they're a team that needs the run to be able to have success. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to have elements of the run, whether it be obviously running the football, but being able to use the play action, being able to do some boots off of that, being able to use your run game to help open up your passing game. They're not talented enough. I'm sorry. And I, when I say talented, I'm not talking about necessarily the players because they certainly have the players, but based on what we've seen from a scheme standpoint, they're not good enough to just go out there and, and do five wide and, you know, whatever the case may be. They need to be able to use their run game to help their passing game, if that makes sense. So going into this week, especially on that first drive of the game, because, again, going back to that statistic, when South Carolina outscores their opponent in the first quarter, Against FBS teams under Shane Beamer, they're five and one. And when they're either tied or they're losing at the end of the first quarter, they're five and six against FBS teams. They need to find a way to come out there and score a touchdown. If they can do that, my God, never mind the fact of what that will do to Williams Bryce, but just the idea of what it can do from a confidence standpoint. And also knowing, and that's not to say AM is not a good team, because I'm sure it's going to be a rock fight. Just knowing that we've seen this team get better as games have gone on. Sometimes when you come out of a bye week, it's not unusual for teams to play a little slow at the beginning. If you can be the team that avoids that, because I, I, I just don't, I can't see South Carolina, South Carolina and a and I can't see both of them going out there and scoring, you know, touchdown, touch. I, I, I just can't see it at the beginning of the game. I just can't. That's not how these things usually work when you have a bye week. Teams usually come out. There's always at least one team that comes out slow. If you can be the team that doesn't come out slow, man, and you know that you keep getting better as the game goes on, or at least you have shown, even some of the games where you've got blown out, you keep fighting. And I understand matchups, all right, they're going up against the second team, third but the offense sometimes just looks better as the game goes on. So I bring that up because one thing that does concern me, Joe, outside of the run game that they're going to have to do a good job of stopping from an offensive standpoint, we can hit on defense a little bit. Don't want to be super long tonight because I know Monday night football is coming up. But one thing I do want to bring up here is although I feel like we will see added wrinkles in this offense, we'll see added wrinkles in this offense. Don't try to get too cute on that opening drive. I know there's some people that are sick and tired of hearing the scripted plays. It happens everywhere. Happens everywhere. Scripted plays. You have about 12 plays that are scripted. Okay? Don't put yourself in situations where it's third and long. Don't get in situations where it gets you away from the script. Um, But don't get too cute. You don't have to get too cute. Okay? If you want to do a trick play, I get it. But don't force anything. And I'm not trying to bring back bad memories. I'm sure there's some people that have PTSD about it. You think about that Tennessee game a year ago on the road. In the trick pass, Jordan Birch throwing it. You know, don't feel like you have to force things. Go out there. Again, go out there. Run the football. Use your run game to help open up the pass. Don't do any of this crap where you go out there four wide and just try to heave the ball over the field. It's just not going to work. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. You haven't proved 
You haven't proven yet that you can make it work consistently. You might hit a deep ball once in a while. That's great. But you need to be able to run the football. You need to be able to open up your pass game through the run. And I feel like if South Carolina can do that early against A&M, never mind the fact that you're going to have 77,000, 80,000 people in there, the majority of them are going to be Gamecock fans supporting you. And you're going to have the lights and, you know, the smell of corn dogs right on the other side of the wall at the state fair and all that stuff. I don't know how much of an impact that will have. Um, I bring that up because of the Vandy game, the anniversary of the Zeb Nolan game. There was um, a fan that was sitting behind me and he's like, I'm done with this game. He's like, I'm going to go get a corn dog and go to the state fair. And he left the game. And of course, Zeb Nolan throws the t- touchdown pass uh, in the final second. So I think about that, but go out there and just, do what you got to do. Don't try to be cute. Don't try to dress things up. Go out there. You know who you are now. You know who you are. You're a team that needs to run the football. Plain and simple. You're a team that needs to use your running backs to be able to open up the passing game. And that's okay. It's okay to say that. That's no shot against Rattler. That's no shot against some of these receivers. That's who you are. And that's okay. You want to call it a system quarterback? You want to, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's fine. Because guess what? Every successful quarterback, pretty much that we've seen, they've been they've been system quarterbacks. They're playing within the system. There's going to be guys that will go out there, run around. Look at Lamar Jackson yesterday, right? He's talented, but he plays within a system. All these guys do. So don't give me this, you know, they have to do. No, run the football. Run the ball. And I know I've kind of gone on a little rant here. I do want to bring up some of the, the questions and things people have brought up. We do have to hit our ad reads, though, before we uh, wrap things up. But, Joe, anything that you want to just add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mike, like you talked about it way earlier. You were talking about starting fast. I mean, this team, when they don't start fast at home, they get into a lot more trouble. Um, and, two, I think, you know, you were right about the offense. It's always been the MO um, this year is just getting the run game going. And that provides, I mean, it's a morale boost for everybody. You get the running backs going and then it opens up a lot more doors for the RPO, just kind of moving Spencer around. And also, I mean, as an offensive lineman, when they're running the ball consistently, it's a huge boost, huge boost when those guys can go downfield and make big blocks on the run. And then, I mean, when they have to sit back and pass block, it's a little bit easier. But, I mean, I think momentum's a big thing. They got to come out and they start fast. I mean, Mike, you had the stats earlier. Um, when they start fast, it's huge. And I think you got to do that at home. It's state fair weekend. You're coming off a bye. All of the hype and expectations from Kentucky is going to be right there at the start of the game. And it's a matter of if this team decides to face it head on or if, you know, they want to wait and, I mean, just, you know, play defense and hope hope for the, the best second half, you know. So. And going through some of these, and I, you know, I think, in Travis, you brought the uh, the number up about the the running you know the poor running numbers were tied to the run being abandoned yeah yeah that's that's the exact the reason you know they i mean it was and there was two things right i mean you look at the georgia game you look at the arkansas game you fell behind early in those games and you had to pass the ball but and i don't know if necessarily travis you would agree with me with this i think you would though which is they abandoned the run right from the get-go you know it wasn't one of those things where it's like all right the game is going one way and you feel like you have to throw the football because obviously, you know, we see it from a passing standpoint and that's not to say that Rattler's numbers were inflated at the Arkansas game, but they were inflated a little bit. 
right? I mean, you're throwing the football so much, and, you know, obviously those yards, they were able to get them, but it was pass, 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 pass. And South Carolina was able to make it a game or at least be a little bit more competitive in that Arkansas game in the fourth quarter because of it. But ultimately, yeah, you need to run the football. You need to run the football. You need to find ways to – I mean, shoot. And I know people aren't going to be happy at times because this isn't going to be a a patty cake game, all right? It's not going to be a patty cake game. There's going to be times out there where South Carolina might be one, two, three, might be three series in a row where it's three and out. Or, you know, they have to punt back to back to back. But what are you doing, though, to be able to try to create some type of rhythm, even if you're not scoring, right? Are you, are you, and I say three and out, of course, you don't want to see three, three straight out, three and outs. But are you able to get things going, though, even if you do have to punt? Are you able to get things going to a point where, that make, where you, make, you make yourself feel good of knowing, okay, you know what? We were able to do this. We're starting to to get guys to creep down in the box more. And we've mentioned this before, and this is another reason why the run's so important with South Carolina. We saw it against Kentucky. Teams began to creep down in the box. Even a good Kentucky defense, teams began, the Wildcats began to creep down the box a little bit, putting an extra man in the box. What happens when you run the football? Well, I mean, it's going to be – you're going to, that's the reason why they're bringing someone down because they're trying to stop the run. They respect you. They respect what you're doing in the run game. But what that also is going to do is play action, roll out, passes down the field. It's going to open things up. It's going to open up those lanes. And if people want to say Rattler is a bum or this or that, the guy still has an absolute cannon. Just if you think he's a bum, if, if a team thinks he's a bum, fine. Give him a passing lane. You have a passing line. See what happens. See what happens. So that's what I would say about that. I, I do want to um, – Necky Brown says we run uh, we run okay against Kentucky. That's a good defense if our D shows up. Yeah. I mean, look, that was a good – that was a good Kentucky run defense. And they were able to get over 100-something yards on them. Well, let me take that back. They were get, They were able to get over 100 yards on them on the ground. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd had over 100 yards rushing on Kentucky's defense. I do want to bring up the ad reads. I know we have some of these questions uh, and comments about this game. I do want to bring this up. Uh, Big Red mentions, you know, look at it this way. If we run the ball more, that means that Spencer has less chances to throw interceptions. I do feel like some of those interceptions, I know the, you know, the one against, the two, I should say, against South Carolina State, they weren't on him. I, I hate doing that. I hate doing the, well, you know, the what if game, but I mean, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I mean, if you want to say that the first interception was a little bit behind. Okay. But even that, I mean, hits the receiver's hands. You got to catch it. You got to catch it. It goes back to youth football. I mean, hit your hands. You got to catch it. Um, yeah. I think the interceptions are a little bit more glaring because the defense is a little bit better in the SEC. I mean, he still threw him in the big 12. It was just, I mean, he was scoring at way more efficient pace in the big 12. I bring up some of these ad reads before we wrap things up here in a little bit. Cause I do want to get to some things. And then of course, Monday night football is going to kick off shortly. Um, but as we always do and want to, Hide these comments here because we want to make sure we give a big shout out to our sponsors, Liberty Tax. They have been a longtime sponsor of all the GC Live shows. 
Get ready for tax season by giving them a call. They'll be able to help you overcome your tax anxiety at 803-462-5576. Again, that is Liberty Tax, being able to help you overcome your tax anxiety. And today's show is also brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond at the Mortgage Network. Buying a home right now, it is just an absolute zoo. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I'm just fortunate that I got I got my place beforehand, Joe. And then, of course, now I'm up here in Boston. But that's not the point. The point being is if you want to get a place right now, it's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. The market is just an absolute mess. Clint will be able to help you. Former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth, you heard him a couple weeks ago after the game saying that Clint was the guy that he turned to to help him be able to take care of all that stuff that goes into buying a home. And he made his life much, much easier, less hassle. So give Clint a call over at the Mortgage Network. They do an outstanding job as well, and they have been longtime supporters of GC Live and Gamecock Central as a whole. So our, um, our good buddy uh, Mike Matulis with Clint Hammond the other day and uh, Wes Mitchell, they were doing a little uh, little commercial, a little ad on social media. I think it was uh, right in front of the stadium, and they had the the, uh, the state fear in the background. Anything else that you want to bring up, though, Joe? I mean, I want to talk about from a defensive standpoint. I do want to just try to bring up some of the comments. We see Travis again. We need to be satisfied four yards in a cloud of dust football game this week. Yeah. And, and look, and, and let's, let's flip that because we can get to the defensive side before we wrap things up here. From a defensive standpoint, what they need to do from a defensive standpoint, stop the run. Alex Huntley will be back in this game. We expect him to be back in this game. The biggest question is how close to 100% is he going to be? Even in 80%, Alex Huntley makes a difference in this game. You need to be able to stop the run. You need to do everything you can. I think for the first time in a long time this season, of course, Mo Caba, we know he's hurt. Of course, we know Terrell Dawkins is hurt. We, we know that Jordan Strawn's done for the season as well. But I bring that up because for a good portion of the beginning of the season, from a defensive standpoint, they were just so banged up. They were so banged up. And what has happened? Well, they were growing pains. You had tough matchups early in the year, so you really didn't have any time to be able to, to say, okay, what's going on here? But DQ Smith, outstanding job last week. True freshman from Spring Valley, outstanding job at nickel last week. Nick Eamon Worry speaks for itself. Uh, he, the, the second most solo tackles in South Carolina, if you double it up, Nick has more solo tackles. Now, maybe the football, uh, maybe, maybe it shouldn't be getting to that level. But at the same time, too, Nick has been down in the box. I'll bring that up because I think so many people look like, well, it shouldn't be getting to the third level. I agree with you on that. But at the same time, too, Nick's been asked not to just play in the secondary. Nick's been brought down in the box just because of how versatile he is. That's why there, there was a there's a reason before the season started. No one really knew what the heck he was going to do from a from a defensive standpoint. Where were you going to play him? Just because, okay, he's labeled as an athlete, but where do you want to put him? Because he's just so versatile. And he's been able to do a lot, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, my opinion on Nicky Minwari, so he's a Cam Smith in training, right? Like they – they're both really similar. Cam was racking up tackles when he was a young gun like Nick. And I think even more he's been, you know, outstanding, right? Like as a freshman, like it's it's crazy what he's been able to do here in the SEC. I mean, stepping in against Georgia and like having double-digit tackles. Like it's it's wild. And that goes to testament like how much 
of a dog he is and how much of a like player he is. Like he's he's really, really, really good. And I think he's a very valuable asset to this defense, stopping the run too. Um, I will add, I think, you know, Tonka Hemingway has been doing a great job. I think Alex Huntley adds depth, number one. And even, you're right, Mike, even at 80%, like Alex Huntley adds depth and adds – he's another big force in there on stopping the run. So I think he's big this weekend um, as well when it comes to stopping the run. And I think um, in terms of, like, letting stuff, like, leak out in the second and third layers, I think that just comes down to, you know, man-to-man, right, like – who's got what, fill your gaps and go from there, right? Um, and mm-hmm. gang tackling, like put all the helmets you got on the ball. I think it's a big thing, especially out in space. Um, Texas A&M, once they get it out in space, we've seen they can be pretty dangerous with it. So I think that's a big thing, gang tackling, and then you gotta got to win the battle up front. Well, it's going to be a good opportunity for South Carolina. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Great opportunity this week. If they're able to get to five and two, be able to win four in a row after starting the year off, one and two, it goes to show that those games against Charlotte and SC State, which a lot of people wanted to look at and be like, well, you should win those games. Again, yes, but at the same time, too, they were needed confident boosters, and it came at the right time. And being able to have this bye week, and I said this last week, Joe, in the program, having this bye week happen after a big win against Kentucky I think was huge. From an equilibrium standpoint, being able to just bring everything back down to where it needs to be, okay? You're on cloud nine. You beat Kentucky. Everyone's talking about uh, the comments that Mark Stoops made and, uh, you know, Shane Beamer's dance around with sunglasses. That's great, okay? This team is not used to handling success. They're not used to it. They're not used to being in the spotlight, really, as 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 members of South Carolina, even Spencer Rattler, yeah, he had a lot of success at Oklahoma. Teams that went to the playoffs, and but this is different here. It's different. Just um, unless you're an Eric Douglas, unless you're a Brad Johnson, unless you're one of these super seniors, you don't know what success looks like at South Carolina, or or at least what having to handle it looks like. So they got a taste of it at the beginning of the season goes back to a quote that Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a game plan to get punched in the face. South Carolina got punched in the face. But they've had opportunities to be able to get back on their feet and not just get back on their feet, but now they're swinging. And if they can go out there against A&M, again, multiple storylines that you could look at it, and you can look at from this weekend's game. But if they can go out there and beat a team that just embarrassed you a year ago, embarrass you to the point where it looked like, I think I said this last week, Joe, it was like, you know, some 15 year old playing their uh, six year old cousin in Madden, you know, on PlayStation and the stats were just absolutely ridiculous. That's what it was. That's what it was. If they can go out there and beat A&M a year after that took place, I think it might be one of the greatest turnarounds in one year against a team that I, I can remember. Yeah. Absolutely, Mike. And I mean, there's another chance to do it against Tennessee down the road, too. But I think, it, again, like I said earlier, it all starts with Texas A&M. This team can, it can, you know, go higher than the ceiling that they've been given if they can beat Texas A&M. And this really kind of starts it going downhill. What does this win say to Texas or what does this win say to Tennessee? Like, it, it's definitely more of a challenge. Granted, they just beat Alabama. So I'm pretty sure confidence is high over there in Knoxville. But, uh, you know, I think. Texas A&M is a big, big, big chance for this program and these players to kind of prove that there's something here. 
there's something brewing. Um, and it, it's just a big win for the program if they can get it done, especially on, you know, stay fair weekend, primetime kick. It's big, Mike. It's big. It is big, Joe. All right, we're going to wrap things up, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning into the program. Again, this is in place of tomorrow night's show. We will have GC Live post-game show on Saturday. I'll be down in South Carolina, so if you guys will be out there around the tailgate scene beforehand, if you see me, say hello. Maybe I'll give you a Bojangles gift card. But everyone have yourself a good night. Enjoy football tonight and enjoy the game on Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.